Lift off and the clock has started. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of Connect 5, the exclusive podcast from ATD Central Iowa, bringing you the stories, insights, and need-to-know information right from the people who have it to help you thrive in talent development. ATD Central Iowa is Iowa's largest chapter of the National Association for Talent Development, focused on bringing our members high-impact programming, resources, and connections to support personal and professional development and continuous growth. Check us out at atdiowa.org and all of our social media channels to learn more about the benefits of membership and how you can get involved. I am your host, Adam Rich, and we have a very, very special guest in the virtual studio today who goes by the name of Todd McDonald. Todd, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Adam, and thanks for all the energy you're bringing to this. This is fantastic. I'm going to have to get another Mountain Dew or something. That's just how I roll. You know, you flip the switch and on you go. You know how that goes. You've, you've been up in front oh, of yeah, absolutely. talking before. So as we like to do on Connect 5, let's just start from the very top. So tell our listeners, who is Todd McDonald? Well, you know, you're, you're, you got to be cautious. You give a professional speaker an opening like that, they could take forever. Uh, I could take forever to talk about that, but I'll give you the, the short version. Um, you know, if, if you go back, I, my, my entire career, I'm 58 years old. My entire career has been built around human resources and talent development. Uh, I have, I've had an opportunity to work with, uh, I think, probably, what, five different organizations when everything went everywhere from being a training director at a financial holding company to an HR director at an international manufacturing company where I learned uh, all about unions and benefits and safety and union negotiations and all that kind of fun stuff. And then I worked for a company called American Media where we uh, produced, we were the largest producer of training videos at that time. Uh, we had pr produced uh, products that were uh, sold in 72 different countries and 27 different languages and helped to uh, help the owner of that organization to sell his company. And that was 25 years ago. And 25 years ago, I took the opportunity to hang out my own shingle and create ATW training. And today we have about 16, 17 members of the team that uh, we're doing you know, last year in 2022, we did 500 different training sessions for organizations, you know, across the United States and in 22 different countries. So um, we're just really enjoying what we're doing. That That's me. Yeah, that's that's fabulous. I think, you know, about, you know, I've, I've been in the talent development world for, I don't know, a little, little less than you, probably around 12 to 15 years or so at this point in my career. Um, and, and ever since I, you know, first started at Nationwide Insurance, ATW was, was kind of the name, right? Everybody, if you're in the talent development world, you know who ATW is. So um, I, I think it's really incredible that, you know, you mentioned you founded ATW. It's been 25 years. I think you mentioned back in 1999. Uh, and I can imagine quite a bit has changed both in the industry and your company and ATW itself. So what has that experience been like as you've been building your business over these last 25 years? And what have been some of the big shifts or changes really that you've seen with the talent development landscape in that time? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it, it's interesting. It has been 25 years. And, and on one side of it, if you look at all my gray hair, I've, I've earned all of them. But on the other side of it, it seems like it was just yesterday uh, that that we started started the organization, and there has been a lot of changes. Um, you know, you, we went we went 25 years ago. You know, believe it or not, 25 years ago, uh, Microsoft Office was was not a huge deal. 
Um, that was just when Microsoft Office was coming in. PowerPoint was just beginning 25, 26 years ago uh, with it. So, you know, think about the things that we're doing there. Uh, 25 years ago, we were working off of floppy disks or three and a half inch, you know, disks, you know, to to do, you know, e-learning programs. Um, so, so the internet has been a huge, made, made a huge difference to what we're doing. Um, you know, throw in things like, you know, disruptors like COVID, you know, and some things and, and, and being pushed to, to, to get out of the classroom and go into uh, more of a virtual learning model, you know, has been a, a big change, you know, um, you know, I also think back to, you know, and if we, we could, we could talk about, you know, what we learned from COVID all day long, but, you know, for years and years and years, you know, the talent development profession has, has been, boy, if we could just have a seat at the table, you know, that where we could help to influence, you know, corporate decision, organizational success, organizational development, um, wouldn't that be great? And we, we had an opportunity, and I think in, in many cases took advantage of that opportunity in COVID to, to be part of making some of those decisions of how we're going to, you know, transition people to, to re remote working and how do we train them to get the most productivity out of them and what does that look like in things. So there's just been a lot of, a lot of different changes. And, and you know, you, you think back and, and, you know, 25 years ago, the, the, the big names out there were the Ken Blanchers of the world and the John Maxwell's of the world and, and, and the Stephen Cubbies, you know, of the world. And, you know, and today they're, you're, they're the, 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 the Jim Collins and um, Simon Sinek's of the world and, 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 and Ted talks and everything. So on one side, the, the world stays the same, but on the other side, it is, it is so different. Um, but the commonality is still a desire of that human resource talent development professional to to make a difference in our organizations. You know, we we have our 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 mission is to help organizations unleash their human potential, and and I think that's that's what it's all about. That hasn't changed. How you go about doing it? Um, who are some of the thought leaders in that? What are the 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 tools and modalities that 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 you might use? Those, those have all changed and evolved over time, but I think the one common element is that it's our desire as talent development professionals to make a difference and, and to help help you know help organizations get the most out of out of out of, out of their people and, and help those those individuals to succeed in life. Yeah, it, it's 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 fascinating to me. I mean, so when you first started ATW, how many how many was it? Who, was it just you, or were there other people? Was it you and somebody else, or what? What was kind of the nexus of of the org? Like when you first started back in nineteen ninety nine, how that went? I had I had a half time employee, uh, and that was more of just kind of an administrative person, and that was on the request of my wife. Because when I told her I was, you know, what I was going to do, she said the only the only way I'm going to let you do that is if you bring you know, this other person along because you're going to need somebody to keep everything straight <laughs> for you. And so I started with a halftime employee and then, then we just grew from there. Uh, and we've just had, you know, we, we've, we've never had that, you know, where we just have that breakout, you know, you know, year where you grow by 200% or anything like that. Um, but we've had, you know, we've we just had good, good, consistent growth. I mean, if you, if you looked at our chart, you would just see just the nice growth and, and that's been fine. Uh, with it, you know, we've we're doing some good things. We're having fun while we're doing it, and uh, we're making a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's interesting. I mean, just to to see how much, and based on you know what you've said, how much ATW has really expanded and grown through the years. You know, you now offer. You know, if you go out to to the website for ATWC, you just a variety of different learning services. So you, you've obviously you, you can't do that 
unless you have strong programs that give people, you know, measurable results that you can point to and say, this is why this is going to be successful. So I'd like to spend a minute talking a little bit about kind of that side, the design side of the world. Um, and as you're designing a new training program or course, you know, what is your approach to ensure that you've got a product that's going to hit the mark? How, like, how do you evaluate that to understand whether it's going to be successful? Well, one of the things that that we we've done here that that I'm really proud of is is um, it was about seven or eight years ago uh, we created an advisory council of 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 key customers that 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 we work with on a day to day basis, but then also uh, just some some talent development professionals in town that may not even do business with us. But we what we wanted what we wanted was a group that could give us good honest feedback. Uh, to help us go where we want to go. So, you know, I do a lot of, you know, my background is in research and development. And so I spend a lot of time reading. I spend a lot of time, you know, talking with people and, and, and trying to determine, okay, what is, what is it that organizations really need? But yeah, but when, once I come up with something and once our team comes up with something, because in a lot of cases, they'll come to me and say, Hey, we should, we should think about this. Uh, I always wanted to have have someone to bounce those ideas off of. So now we actually have an advisory council of about 18 uh, individuals working at different organizations uh, throughout throughout Central Iowa. We get together on a on a quarterly basis and and we bounce ideas off of them and say, hey, we're thinking about doing this. What would you guys think? And and they've they've given us per perspective on some things where we've looked at that and said, huh, yeah, I guess maybe that wasn't a good idea. Um, on other sides, they've they've said, hey great idea. And in even some other situations, they've come to us and said, hey, you know what, here's what we really think you ought, that you ought to do. And here's something for you to work on. So that advisory council, you asked me the question, you know, how do you know when you've got a good idea or, or that's going to work? Um, we, we tested, we vet it. So we, we start with that advisory council. Um, as, as we're developing different things, we, we have them look at, at different formats. Uh, we may actually do pilot sessions where we invite them to send in uh, employees to go through them and so that we can test out a program uh, before putting it out there. Uh, so we go to a, a lot of work uh, so that the, that the first time that we actually take it into what I would call our, our paying customer, you know, they're not going through a pilot program. They're going through something that has been tested, uh, that, that's already been proven, maybe in its third or fourth or fifth iteration that, that, that we have confidence is going to be successful. So what, what are some of the, the measurements you're looking at? I think that's one of the things that, at least in my experience, has been one of the more tricky things. And even based on you know research and forums and stuff that I'm a part of when it comes to training, instructional design and, and talent development is, you know, like, what are those what are those measurables that that we're looking at? And as and as a provider of training services and solutions, uh, you know, a, a vendor, if you will, for that. Uh, what are some of the things that like those those key metrics that you're looking at for various organizations to really know, you know, like that that we started here and now we're here? Mm -hmm. One of one of the hardest things that that we have as talent development professionals and in many of the cases is how do we evaluate training? How do we how do we know that it's really making a difference? And we can all go back and we can study, you know, Kirkpatrick's different levels of evaluation, and, and that's the best place to start. Uh, we we worked with with uh, you know Mr. Kirkpatrick, Dr. Kirkpatrick for a lot of years, um, but the, the you know when you ask and say okay what what specifically you're looking for the the reason why that's hard to answer is is a lot of it depends upon the topic, a lot of it depends upon the organization, 
you know, one of the things that I talk about from an evaluation standpoint that we talk with our customers about is that, you know, the best time to determine how you're going to evaluate the training is before you even start to put the training together. Because you're, what you're doing is you're looking at and saying, okay, where, where are we at right now and where do we want to go? And how are we looking at having this training to help us change behaviors? And if we change those behaviors, how are we going to see that, that that's a change? And how are we going to measure that change there? So it's not about, you know, the, I mean, you know, the, the first level of, of Kirkpatrick's is, you know, just the, you know, what everybody calls the smile sheet and, and, you know, were, were you happy with the training session and did you enjoy it and did you get something out of it? And then, you know, it's the, the transfer of knowledge and some different things. Um, but really when it comes down to it, it's because it comes down to what is the behavior that you want to change. And I think that that's one thing that, that, you know, if I look back on my career as, as a, as a talent development, HR professional, and, and, and maybe some of the others, I, I, I think that sometimes as talent development professionals, and I might be crucified for this, sometimes we take the easy way out and, and say, well, it's, it's, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you determine whether a coaching and feedback program is, is making any difference with it? How do you measure that? It, it, that's the hard part about, about measuring training is that if you really want to measure it, it takes, it takes time and it takes energy. Uh, and, and, and frankly, um, it, you could spend five to six times more time coming up with how am I going to evaluate the training than actually doing the actual training itself when it comes down to it. And so, so many organizations and individuals just say, well, I'm going to trust my gut and say that this is going to make a difference uh, when in reality, that's just what it is. That's just that's just a gut feel right. that it made a difference. And, and you can go and you can look at maybe some some certain instances here and there. But if you really want to measure training, you got to get down into how are we going to measure that behavior change and what are we going to do, you know, to set ourselves up for success to measure before we even start to develop the training session. Yeah. All that planning that, you know, it's, I, I like to joke within, you know, my peer group and like, I, you know, I spend 90% of my time planning and strategizing and then 10% of my time actually building and doing, you know, and so it's all that work up front, right. That, that is required. Absolutely before you even start pushing the buttons. Absolutely. So I, I want to switch gears. I got one more question for you. I want to switch gears a little bit. So in addition to being just a straight up industry mogul, uh, in 2022, you were named the Waukee, Iowa citizen of the year, right? Yeah, that was, that was, that was fun. That was a complete, uh, that was a complete surprise on my part. And, you know, I, I talked to my family a little bit about that and I said, you know, you know, and they would even get, they would even tell you, I'm, I'm a hard person to pull, pull off a surprise on. And that was, that was definitely a, a surprise, a very nice surprise. And, and I was humbled with it, but, uh, but a surprise in in and of itself. And, and if I remember seeing this correctly, correct me if I'm wrong here, but was it, was it April 4th was officially Todd McDonald day? Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah, April 4th. And, and that's what I, I told everybody at the team. And I told my family from from now on, April 4th is going to be Todd McDonald Day. We will celebrate that in our family forever. So let me, uh, two questions. One is more important than the other. Uh, the more important question is, how does one celebrate Todd McDonald Day effectively? Well, you know, what, what's funny about it, Adam, is is you can, you, maybe we'll have to talk about that next year because I didn't even, I did not know it was April, April 4th was Todd McDonald Day until seven o'clock that night. Uh, when they actually made the proclamation to me. And it was like, you know, I, you know, I, I told him, I said, well, if, if you would have told me this was my day, I would have been walking around, you know, town all day asking for handouts and, and, and wearing some crown or something like that, which I would have never done. But, 
Um, but I said I would have probably had more fun with it, um, with it. So I didn't get a chance to really celebrate it. And, but it was like I said, it was it was it was something that was um, I, I had I had a passion project that I helped um, the, the city of Waukee do. I had a fantastic uh, board at the Waukee Betterment Foundation that that supported that that project of, of building an all inclusive area uh, for families uh, out in, in Triumph Park out in Waukee, where uh, those with disabilities and, and, and challenges uh, we're able to, they, they've, they've now got an ADA accessible fishing pier that they can, they can go to. They've got one of the top six uh, all-inclusive, well, it's the number one all-inclusive playground in the United States right now um, with it. Somebody will build a bigger one, but the biggest all-inclusive playground in the United States is in Waukee, Iowa right now. Uh, and then we also built a, a Miracle League field. And so that all-inclusive area out there, we raised uh, we raised about $3 million to build that park out there. So um, I, I did it because, I did it because I, you know, I, it was just a passion. You know, I, I did a lot of, I did a lot of coaching and, and, and working with youth, um, you know, in, in my life. And, and when I saw that this was an opportunity to provide access to individuals that may not typically get access to those type of things, um, it was just something that I, I I just believed in and wanted to do. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, as a as a proud citizen of Waukee, that park is is amazing. And for all of our listeners that are not located here in Central Iowa, the next time you find yourself in our parts, come hang out on the northwest side of Waukee, Iowa, so just west of down of of Des Moines, uh, and go check this park out. It is absolutely unbelievable. I took my daughter there. Uh, and she had just the most incredible time. And it was so cool to see all these people running around over there. I mean, it is just like, it's just a gem, you know, in the middle of our, I guess we're not a super small community anymore. We're still relatively small, but you know, it's growing a lot. So definitely appreciate that. I'll be, I'm going to speak on behalf of all citizens of Waukee on this one and say, uh, thank you very much for, you know, for all your work, bringing that to us. All, all the smiles when I go out there every once in a while and just walk around and see everybody smiling. That, that's, that's all the reward that I need for it. That's, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad you and your family are enjoying it. Yeah. So I'm going to mark my calendar April 4th and everybody listening, mark your calendars as well. It's very important. We'll have to follow back up and figure out what the best way to celebrate Todd McDonald Day is uh, next absolutely, year. So. Absolutely. That we'll have to do that. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, humoring us and talking through some of that. It's great to hear your expertise. Obviously, you got a lot to offer. Um, I'd like, you know, I, I think it's about time that we transition over to the five. Uh, what do you say? No, that sounds good to me. All right. It's time for. So this is the point in the show where we ask you, Todd McDonald, to run down the five. So it's the lesson learned, something you learned the hard way by a mistake or failure, the story, so a story about a memorable event or experience in your career, the secret to success, so a tip or insight you think is the most important thing someone needs to do or skill they need to have to be successful in the world of talent development, the hot take, a controversial or unpopular opinion you have about the field of talent development, and finally, the role model, so somebody who is influential in your career and why. Where would you like to start? Um, you know, Let's just start at the top. Let's start with lessons learned. All right. It's the lesson learned. Ooh. All right, so Todd, what is something you learned the hard way? You know, the, the thing that comes immediately to mind, and it was something I actually shared with a group that I was working with this morning, and that is that that sometimes progress before perfection is the way to go. 
Um, you know, if, if you talk with talk with a lot of people that, that are listening to this, everybody's familiar with DISC or MBTI or something. You know, I, I come in on on the C the C section of, of DISC where you know it's all about the details and, and wanting to have everything perfect. And, and I've found that over my life, if, if you're waiting for everything to be perfect, uh, you're going to lose out on some opportunities. You're not going to get some of your your sessions out there the way that you want to get them out there. So I think my lesson learned is that sometimes is best to get something out and then make make improvements and you know kind of the the software the software model where you have version 1.0 and 1.2 and 1.3 and then 2.0 and some things um it doesn't mean that you lower quality it just means that sometimes you got to take time into consideration yeah i i, I there's two things i had a, a i'm a high eye on the disc uh, mm -hmm. uh assessment or or profile but I had a, a leader recently because I'm a tinkerer and maybe that's the creative in me. I'm just an endless tinkerer on things. And, and uh, my current leader has told me multiple times, like Adam, sometimes good enough is good enough. And, and we just need to go with it. So that's something that comes to mind all the time. And I think about, uh, I believe it was Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, kind of said with the Amazon model is like, what's the least amount we need to do to be successful. And let's start there and iterate from there. So uh, I think Absolutely. that that, you know, that, that progress before perfection is a great insight for, you know, pretty much anybody that's, that's living in our world, uh, as a way to approach their work. All right. So we got our lesson learned. Uh, you said you want to run it down. So let's go to the memorable story. It's story time. Yeah. Um, you know, the, and this is something, if, if you were to ask me what, what has been something that, that has really stood out to me, and I, I look up, actually, I'm, I'm, as, as I'm doing this right now, I'm actually looking up at a picture on my wall, and I'm standing between, you know, two of the industry greats, um, between Patrick Lencioni on, on my right-hand side and Ken Blanchard on the left-hand side. And, and about 10 years ago, I had an opportunity, I was working with, uh, with the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. And I was helping them with a conference and, and, and they gave me the opportunity to bring these two individuals into the conference same day. So think about having both Patrick Lincioni and Ken Blanchard together um, in, in Iowa, you know, talking about talent development you know, and, and with, with business professionals, 500, 500, you know, business presidents and things talking about, you know, the, the things that, that, that they, they talk about. And it was, it was just fantastic. You know, I was, I was in awe of both of them. You know, I was facilitating the discussions and I, I had Patrick come out and, and, and do, do some thoughts around his book, the advantage, as well as the five dysfunctions of a team. And then, you know, um, you know, I, I, I did a few questions with him there and then Ken came out and, you know, as, as Ken eloquently does, just talks about leadership and life and some things. And 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 unbeknownst to me, I, I I found it out the night before that 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 Ken and, and Patrick had kind of a bromance, you know, with each other, and and they were they were they were huge fans of each other, and they were having such a good time. Um, they asked and said, "Hey, would you mind if you know?" Ken asked and said, "Hey, he was on stage. He finished up, and he's and he said, Todd, he said, would you would you mind? Could we just have Patrick come up here, and Patrick and I can both take questions, you know, together, and." Believe it or not, that was at 11.30. Those guys took 90 minutes of questions. They just sat there with the comp these company presidents and just had a conversation uh, with them. And it was, it was just one of those magical moments in time uh, that, I, that I will always remember and, and the impact that they had on the audience that day by just sharing the, the stories of, of their lives and some of their insights. So that was, that was just a, a great memorable uh, experience for me. Yeah, I mean, talk about 
to industry powerhouses. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've cited their content, you know, as oh, we're building lessons. So just being able to peek behind the curtain and listen had to have been absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was fantastic. I still had people come up to me and say, hey, remember that year when we had Blanchard and Lynchioni both? Oh, that was so great. You know, people are still talking about that 10 years later. So we got two down, three to go. And next up is the secret to success. So share a tip or insight, what you think think is the most important thing someone needs to do or skill they have to have to be successful in our world? Well, I think it goes back a little bit to what you and I've talked a little bit about, you know, back, you know, progress, you know, before perfection. But one of the things that I, I share often with, with, with my team is trust the process. And in that process means that if you, if you, if you, if you have a process for developing whatever it is, whether it's your training session whether it, it's it's a whether it's an e-learning program, whether it's the the use of a job aid, whether that all of that is, if you have a process for putting it together, kind of like what you said, where you're getting good feedback, you're testing it, um, you you know that everything's right. Um, trust that process, go with it. You know, uh, Jim Collins talks a little bit about it in his book, Great by Choice, and I think it falls under the you know shoot shoot bullets and then cannonballs. And that the process is that test things out, test things out, test things out. And then when you, when you got it figured out, trust that process that it's going to work. I've had to do that because as I mentioned before, I'm, I'm a C on, on the, on the disc model. And, you know, which means to me, I, I did a session today. I actually did Patrick's five behaviors of a, of a cohesive team today. I've probably done that 20, 30 times. The C in me would sit down the night before and spend another four hours going through the same thing that I've always done before, you know, with it. Now, I still went through it, but I only spent about a half hour, 45 minutes last night because I just, you know, I've gotten to the point where I've told myself, trust the process. Okay. Trust yourself, trust the process. You know, this, you've done it before. It's worked before. Don't get so anxious about things. Trust the process. Don't second, second guess yourself all the time. And, and I think the, the thing that stands out to me about that, which I 100% agree with, is it really takes a level of certainty with yourself. And, and for me, that level of certainty comes through practice in doing, you know, so if you feel like you're in a good spot, you can endlessly tinker, you can endlessly practice. Uh, but at some point, you just have to really just sit back and, and trust it. So absolutely amazing insight. I appreciate that. So we're almost down. We got two left. Uh, the next one, this might be my all time favorite. Uh, it's time for the hot take. Give it to me now. Hot take. The hot take. Yeah. So share, uh, Todd, share us an unpopular or controversial opinion that you have about the field of talent development. Well, and, and I and I mentioned it earlier. Um, and I'm going to go back to it, but you know, you know, as I said, I I think for years, talent development professionals have asked for that seat at the table, and when it comes for you know when it comes to issues, um, but I think that 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 sometimes we have not done a good job of making sure that we're prepared when that opportunity, you know, comes to us. Um, have we, you know, set goals for preparing ourselves? Have we prepared ourselves for when that opportunity arises so that, that when we are asked to come sit at the table, that we're going to be able to contribute when we come to that table? So it's one thing to ask for the opportunity for the seat at the table. It's the other, it's a it's whole other thing is to prepare yourself for that because that means we got to do something. We got to do something before we even have the opportunity. 
That means we we have to put time into understanding whatever business or entity that that we're that we're trying to that we're trying to support. Uh, we need to understand what's going to what what is what is good behavior change. What is it that we want to do? Where are we at as an organization now, and where do we want to go in the future? And then how is talent development going to help us help us to get there? Um, it, it, it means that we have to go beyond thinking about today and start to think about more about tomorrow. And, and that takes time, that takes energy. But I think, and if you, if you talk about, you know, and, and I don't know that, that anybody's going to feel bad about that, but, you know, unless, unless they've been given that opportunity and then they just, they just didn't take advantage of it. So I think my, my issue that might be unpopular is, look, we can't sit back and just ask for the seat at the table. We got to prepare ourselves and prove ourselves that we deserve a seat at the table uh, before we're going to get it. Uh I, I I don't know what else to say other than uh, that is a controversial opinion that I 100% agree with. <laughs> yeah, I think about I think of a lot of instances where, uh, you know, it's 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 good communication, right? To to you show up somewhere to know who you're talking to and what's most important to them. Um, and in the fact that we too often show up to those without thinking through those things, uh, you know, is 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 really is really kind of sad, uh, but it's something that we have to be a hundred percent aware of. All right, we got one left, uh, and that's the role model. So tell us uh, about someone who was particularly influential in your career and why. You know, I, I struggle with this one be, to, to to narrow it down to just one person. Um, I'm not sure that there's been any one person there. There's been several individuals in my life, whether, you know, you, know, I can go back to, to, to my father, you know, now that I'm getting a little bit older and, and, and I'm a father myself and a grandfather, you know, as well. Uh, and, and the impact that, 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 that my father had on me. Um, there's also been some, some great leaders that I've worked for in, in my career. I think that, that everybody that, that I've worked for has had an impact on who I am. And I will tell you that some have have had a more positive impact um, where I've, I've, I've looked at it and, and seen some very positive things that they've done. I've had others where I look at them and say, maybe I've learned not to do you know, some some of those those things. Uh, so some of those those past man managers with that. Um, I think that the, the ones, though, the, the ones that have had the most impact for me, though, uh, are the ones that 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 probably get to the heart of 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 who I am as, as a person um, more than just a, a business person or, you know, uh, Todd, the trainer or, or something like that. Uh, you know, th those individuals that have given me guidance on my personal, you know, career, my personal life, you know, what it's going to be like, you know, I still remember, you know, one, one of, one of those individuals, you know, sitting down and, and, and having a cup, you know, having a cup of coffee at his cabin, you know, down on, on at the Lake of the Ozarks and, you know, him talking to me about, you know, hey, Todd, some someday in your life, you know, you're going to be doing, you're already doing some great things, but you're going to do even greater things. And you're going to need to learn to get away from it a little bit. And you're going to need to, 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 to get off and, and be thinking about things. And, and, and it really came, you know, and I think about, about it right now, what he was telling me is, is something that you learn in all the books out there, you know, right now, one of the big things, you know, the book Traction out there where Gina Wickman, you know, talks about the fact that, you know, that great leaders, you know, need to focus on working on their business, not in the business, you know, and so, 
you know, he was he was basically telling me at that point, don't get so caught up in the weeds. Don't get caught up in so much in the business, but work on the business and work on yourself and, and, and try to do that. So I, I know I'm not giving you one person, uh, but I guess my counsel to everybody out there that's listening, if you want my counsel, would be to to surround yourself with with people that that they can give you good advice and give, give you good perspective and aren't afraid to tell you what you need to hear. Um but at the same time, learn from all of them in different ways. Um, you, you, you know, take the positives and the best things from some of those people that, that you work with and work around. Uh, but then also learn, you know, I've always told everybody that there's only one thing better than learning from your own mistakes, and that's learning from other people's mistakes. So keep your eyes and ears open and, and be learning all the time. You know, Todd, we wouldn't be talking to you right now if we didn't want to hear your expert tutelage. So yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I've learned so much uh, about you and I've absolutely appreciate to an extent. I am not sure if I can fully articulate being able to share this conversation with you. Um, so, so thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Well, it, it's fantastic. And, and, and again, I'm just going to, I mean, I'm going to give a, a shout out to, to my team here at ATW that, that, you know, I, you know, as, as I said, said the other day to somebody, nothing, nothing great was ever created by just one person. And so, you know, whether that's, that's me or whether that's our organization, uh, it's all, it's all because of the people that we have here. I've just got a fantastic group and, and uh, kudos to all of them as well. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, Todd, for being here and, and everything you and ATW have done to support the Central Iowa ATD chapter over the years. Y'all have been just a fabulous partner for us. Um, and I want to say a big thank you to everybody here that is listening and tuning in. We will be back again soon for another absolutely can't miss episode of Connect 5. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and connect with us on social media. Then head out to atdiowa.org for the latest information about upcoming events and how you can get connected to all the benefits of chapter membership. Once again, I'm your host, Adam Rich, and on behalf of ATD Central Iowa, goodbye from Connect 5.